You are now listening to Zakaic Podcast, proclaiming Jesus as Savior, Healer, Sanctifier, and Coming King. A blessed morning to everyone. I really love that song. You're the reason that I live, you're the reason that I sing. And I think that's, that captures what we discussed during the first Sunday of the month of February, that we are in a relationship with God. We're in a series called Relationships. And during the first month of February, we talk about our relationship with God. And I mentioned to you that that is the most fundamental relationship that every believer or follower of Jesus has. And that particular relationship that we have with God affects every relationship that we have around us. So during the first Sunday, we talk about our relationship with God. We are God's children. And then during the second Sunday, we talk about our relationship within the family where we belong to. And then last Sunday, Dr. Irene Rosalita discussed about our relationship within the community. And today we will be discussing something that is quite controversial for others because we will be talking about our relationship with authorities that God has set for all of us. Like the government, you know, there are a lot of authorities around us. And we are familiar with authorities. Anywhere we go, there are set up authorities ordained by God. You go back to your home, there are the parents, the mother and the father. They are the authority in their respective homes. So if you are a child, if you are a young people, and you live with your parents, they are the authority by, uh, given by God to you. You go out of your house, you go to the school, you would see other authorities there. We have the principal, we have the president of the school, we have the department heads. So wherever you go, there are authorities that are set up by the Lord. Even in driving on the road, there are authorities that are set up by God there. And so we as believers, we have relationship with God. How does that relationship that we have with God affect with the way we relate the authorities around us that are set up by the Lord himself? It affects so much. And that's what we will be discussing this morning. But before we proceed, I want to establish this reality. Though there are many authorities set up by God in this world, God remains to be the final absolute authority for every believer. Take note of that. Last 2018, I got the chance to visit Corpus Christi. I was invited by my wife's uncle who passed away already because of COVID. So I was there with him in 2018. He drove me along the coast of Corpus Christi and we passed by the church called the First United Methodist Church. And the location of the church is very unique because it's facing the sea. Right in front of the church, there is a road and then beyond the road, there is the beach area already. And you could see that there is a huge statue in front of the church. And that's exactly the statue right in front of the church. I, I took that photo myself. And below that statue, there is an inscription that says, It is I. It is I. And I think that inscription is taken from the Gospels wherein Jesus appeared to his disciples that night when his disciples were trying to manage the waves in the middle of the sea because they were crossing the Sea of Galilee and it was stormy back then and then suddenly Jesus appeared to them as he was walking on water 
and they said, it's a ghost. There's a ghost coming to us. And then Jesus said, don't be afraid. It is I. And I think it is taken from that idea. And this Jesus, who's so powerful, who has the authority not only over demons, who has the authority not only over people and the rest of the creations, but he has the authority even over nature. And this is the God who set up the authorities all over the world. And take note of this, that thou, those authorities that he set up to govern, to lead us, to provide order, these authorities get their authority from him. Each authority that is set up by God doesn't have their own inherent authority. They use the authority of God given to them. That is why, especially in a country like this, like the Philippines, officials would take an oath before they would start serving. Or even you go to those issuing license for professionals, they would recite an oath. And within that oath, often, if not all the time, oftentimes, it invokes God because the authority of that person to serve within the kind of profession that he has is invoking the authority of God granted to him. So I want, us to, I want to establish that fact as related in the text that we have right now because we have authorities all over. You look around wherever you may go, you will find authorities set up by the Lord. So how does our relationship with God, being God's children, how do we relate with the authorities that are set up by the Lord around us? You know, submitting to authorities is quite easy, especially if, if the laws and the enforcers make sense with how they do it and with the kind of the law that they enforce. A greater issue will be, what if? What if those who are enforcing the laws that are supposedly to provide an order are the ones violating it themselves? Or what if those who are in authority are the ones doing evil? It becomes more difficult. In the situation of Peter, when he penned this down, he was in Rome. And you know what happened? In the earlier part of history at AD 64, Nero burned Rome. And after burning it, he pointed to the Christians and said, you know what, people of Rome, these are the guys who caused that issue, that problem. They burned our city. And because of that, the unbelieving community had a very negative perspective about Christians. And so believers were suffering from the unbelieving community. That's, that's the scenario here. And Peter penned this down to give encouragement to the believers to submit to authority. Let's listen to what Peter said in chapter 2, verses 13 to 17. 1 Peter 2, 13 to 17. Look at what he wrote here. Submit yourselves to the Lord, for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God that by doing right you may silence the ignorance of foolish men, act as free men, and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. Honor all people and the brotherhood, love the brotherhood, fear God, 
honor the kings. May the good Lord bless the reading of his word. Now, if you look at the earlier chapters of, uh, chapter of the book of 1 Peter, you would see in the first chapter that he elaborated about our new faith in Christ, our new relationship with God. And then he mentioned that the God who saved us, the God who called us, the God who sustains us day by day and embraces us with his grace and love is a holy one. You look at chapter 1, verses, I think, 12, 13, and 14, you would see this. He is a holy one, and he's calling all believers and followers of Jesus because we are related to him, and he is a holy God. We ought to exemplify holiness in the way we live. And along with that advice, other than that we need to exemplify holiness in the way we live because God is holy, he also mentioned in chapter 1 that we need to live in obedience with, to the will of God. So living a life of holiness and obeying the Lord who saved us. That's, those are the two things that he gave us a general advice to the believers. Now when you reach chapter 2, part of that obedience to the will of God is what he mentioned in verse 13 of chapter 2, which is submit yourselves to authorities. But I want us to understand the word submit here, providing different frames by which we would look at the term submit. Because when we say to submit, we allow ourselves to be subject to such an authority that God has set up in this world. And whether we like it or not, they are all there. Wherever we go, we experience them, we encounter them, we engage with them. And so let us look at the text right now and let's try to understand how we should look at this word submit or be subject. Pastor, what if, what if the authorities would give us an idea that is against God? That will come out later in our discussion. So don't ever blink your eyes, do not sleep, do not be entertained with your gadget, listen very carefully and we are going to answer that question. Now initially, the first frame, there are frames that I would like to use so that we would be able to understand what the word be subject or submit is. The first frame is this. Look at verse 13. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake. I want us to understand this first frame coming from the prepositional phrase, for the Lord's sake. We are God's children. We submit to the authority, not for the sake of the one who's holding the position, but we submit for the Lord's sake. And this is connected with what he mentioned earlier that we ought to live our lives exemplifying holiness and at the same time obeying God. And part of that obedience, the command that he has given is submit. So we submit to the Lord for his sake. We submit to the authority that God has instituted for his sake. Why? Because a believer who is hard-headed is going to create a bad testimony about God. Take note of that. A believer must be able to submit himself to the authority that is set up by God, wherever you may be. A hard-headed person is not appreciated. In the home, I am a parent too. So if you're a parent, you understand what I'm talking about. The parents wouldn't appreciate children who are hard-headed. Parents wouldn't appreciate children who are stubborn. You go out to the streets. 
The authorities there, the policemen, the uniformed men, they won't appreciate individuals who are hard-headed and stubborn. You go to an institution, a university, a campus, people there who are in authority wouldn't appreciate students who are not abiding with the law. Students who are violating a lot of things in the campus, they won't appreciate it. In the same sense, within the church, even within the church, you would see unruly people, it's not appreciated. Why? Because they are not exemplifying the character that God is wanting them to, see, to show. And God said, submit to authority for the Lord's sake. Why? As believers, we bear the testimony of God. So when we destroy our testimony outside of the church, the believers out there would have a negative understanding about the God that we represent. So we are God's representatives. And when we obey or submit to authority, we do that for the Lord's sake. Okay? Not for the sake of the one in authority, but ultimately because it's our absolute authority, we submit for the Lord's sake. And then there is another frame that I have seen here. Let us look at, let's look at verse 14. He continued with a statement. He said, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority or, verse 14, to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. Now, the second frame is this. First frame is we look at the word submit from the perspective of the prepositional phrase, which is for the Lord's sake. Now, this time, let's understand the word submit within the frame of this idea, the purpose statement in verse 14. What does verse 14 say? What's the purpose that you could see there? God instituted authority for what reason? For the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do what is right. I'll repeat. A purpose statement is given in verse 14. God set up authority other than providing order and peace. He set up authority so that this authority can punish those who are doing evil things and can reward or praise those who do the right thing. Now the problem comes here. What if, pastor, those that are in the authority are the ones doing the evil thing? That becomes a problem. Or what if those who are in authority are rewarding those who are doing evil and punishing those who are doing what is right? Sounds familiar, right? You look around you, there's a lot of injustices. You go to the mall, you go to the police station, you go to this office, you go to this private, or what is this, institution. Anywhere you go, there could be injustices taking place. Now, if you are the one in authority, listen very carefully. God placed you in that position with this purpose statement to punish those that are doing evil and to reward or praise that are doing good. And if you reverse that, now you are becoming an instrument of injustice in that society that God has placed you in. So be very careful about that. While it is a privilege to be in authority, it is a privilege to be in a position, but you bear with you a very heavy responsibility. Why? God is going to use you as an instrument to punish those who do evil 
and to praise those who do good. And we need to understand the idea of submission within this purpose statement. Because the authority are supposed to punish the evil and to praise those who do good. And if the authority is not doing that, there is a big question now. A big question. It could be even asked, shall I do what is right even if the one in authority is not doing it? There was one time I was driving my car at the downtown and I saw a huge signage that says no left turn. It's near OK Department Store. Coming from Canelar Street, you go straight. There is a portion there, a crossing, an intersection that, that, that says with a big signage that says no left turn. Somebody driving right in front of me who has the authority, the authority to enforce the law, the authority to reprimand evildoers, he was driving in front of me when suddenly in front of the signage that says no left turn, he turned left. Uh-oh. And then I was with someone. My companion said, Pastor, why don't you turn left also? And I said, haven't you read that signage that says no left turn? And you know what he said? Well, that guy turned left. We will arrive easily and earlier in our destination if you do that. But I refuse to do that. I refuse to violate. My wife knows that. I really refuse to violate. And the reason why? I've, I obey the law not because enforcers or those who are in authority are doing the right thing. I obey the law because I am a child of God. I obey the law for the Lord's sake and within that frame of this authority, doing what is good and punishing what is evil and also at the same time praising those who do good. I obey the law because of this idea. So the first frame within the prepositional phrase, for the Lord's sake. You submit for the Lord's sake. Second, you submit because these are authorities set up by God and they are there to punish the evil and to reward those who do good. Verse 15 stands on verse 14. That is why when you read verse 15, it says, do, do the right thing. You got to do the right thing. Look at verse 15. For such is the will of God that by doing right, you may silence the ignorance of those who are foolish. So we do the right thing because the authority set up by God is expected to reward those who do good. We do the right thing. Are you following me? So we understand now the word submit in verse 13 within the frame of for the Lord's sake and within the frame of doing the right thing. I will not do that if that person violates. I won't do that. Why? Because it's not the right thing. We ought to do the right thing as believers of Jesus. Whether somebody sees us or not, we ought to do the right thing. Diba? May mga nakasabit na pantalon sa likuran ng door nyo. Tapos may mga kabataan minsan na... Dudukot dun sa likod ng pantalon. <laughs> Dudukot sa wallet minsan. 
Well, if you are listening to me and you've been doing that, even if nobody sees you, stop doing that. Why? You ought to do the right thing. You are a child of God. Let's continue. Here's another frame that we need to take in order for us to have a better understanding of what the word submit means in verse 13. Look at verse 16. Act as free men and do not use your freedom as covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. You know what Peter was saying here is this. We have been set free from the bondage of sin. Sin is declared powerless to those who follow Jesus. Because before, if you do not have the relationship with God, you just do sin without being dictated by your conscience deep within you. Walang nagbabother sa'yo eh. Bakit? It's your norm. That's the usual thing that you do. And it is there in your life. It is there in your style, in your, in, your, in your ways. And you cannot take that away. But by the time you put your faith in Jesus, He changed you from the inner part. And whenever you commit something, you feel bad about it. Why? Because it's no longer your norm. Because you were set free already from the bondage of sin. But being set free from the bondage of sin, meaning to say becoming a slave, in the authority of God. Take note of this freedom that we have. We are set free from the bondage of sin, and by the time we are set free, we become slave within the will of God. Some other translations in this verse, they don't use the word bond slaves or slave. They use the word servant. But I think the word servant is like an underestimate to the meaning of the word because it talks about dulos. Really, you are a slave of the one who saved you. You are a slave because you owe his life to him. Remember I told you a story about a little boy who was in the middle of the river. The current was so strong and suddenly there was a missionary who passed by the river, along the river, and he saw that boy struggling in the middle of it. Without any hesitation, the missionary went to him and grabbed him and helped him, brought him back to the side of the river. And then the missionary said, you go home now, boy, you're safe now. And the missionary started walking away, and the boy also started walking with him, behind him, I mean. And while he was taking several steps, he noticed that someone was following him, and so the missionary stopped and looked at him, and the boy was there. Whenever he stopped, the boy stopped. Whenever he started walking, taking some step, steps, I mean, the boy also started taking some steps. So the boy followed him, and he got annoyed already. He went back to him and said, boy, you go home, go home. And the boy did not say anything. He just refused to leave. And whenever the missionary would take another step, he would also take another step. When he stopped, he also stopped. And the missionary said, ah, well, I'm so annoyed already. I'm going to bring him to the chieftain of the village. And so he brought him. He went there to the chieftain of the village. And then when the chieftain went, went out of the, village, of the house and conversed with him, he said, I have a complaint. This boy is following me. And the chieftain said, is he doing anything wrong with you? He did not do anything wrong with me, but he annoys me by following me. And the chieftain asked him, what happened earlier? And the missionary said, Actually, I was just passing, and he was there in the middle of the river struggling because the current was strong. He tried to cross, but he couldn't move any longer in the middle because the current was too strong for him. And so I grabbed him, brought him at the side. And the chieftain said, you got to understand that within our culture, 
listen very carefully. The chieftain said, you got to understand this. Because in our culture, once your life is saved by someone, you no longer own that life. That life belongs to the one who saved you. Within their culture. And I think that explains a lot about what we have in Christ. We are all doomed. We are all judged already. But out of His grace, He snatched out of that pit of darkness. And now we belong to Him. This life we have no longer belongs to us. It belongs to Him. And on that basis, He calls us, Peter calls the believers, bond slaves to God, of God. And so, in relation to the submitting to authority, you do not submit to authority just because you are a free man or you use your freedom to violate the laws that are set around you. But we abide, we submit to the authorities. Why? Because we are using our relationship with God as His bond slaves. What does the master say? Submit. As a slave, what are we going to do? Submit. So within that framework, we better take note of the word submit within that frame that we are just submitting, we are obeying the one who saved us, the one who owns our life. The last frame is this. Look at verse 17. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Now I want us to take note the difference about the difference of these two last statements here. Fear God, honor the king. There is a slight difference between the word honor and fear. Both of them convey the idea of respect. I am a believer. I'm a child of God. I relate with the king or someone in authority over me. I will honor him. What does it mean to honor him? Meaning to say, I will respect him. I will respect him and submit to his authority. But on the other hand, there is a mention of the word fear God. Fear also, it also invokes the idea of respect. But more than the idea of respect, there is a submission because there is a reverential fear to the one who has that authority. So if I'm going to weigh which one is heavier, fear or honor, it is actually fear. We honor the king, the one in authority, but we fear the one who has the absolute authority. So at the end of the day, we, I want us, all of us to understand that our ultimate allegiance, while we are under the authorities within this world that we live in, our full and final allegiance is to the one who has the full authority absolute authority and no other than God himself our full allegiance goes to him there is no human being who has give, been given an authority that owns it with an absolute sense all authorities on earth are limited the authority of the parents in the home it's limited someday you'll have your own family the authority of the president, the principal, the teacher, the department heads in a certain school, it's limited. 
in terms of time especially. Why? Because when a student graduates, you don't have an authority over him already. Your authority inside your office is also very limited. So whatever authority that you could ever think in this world, it's very limited. Only the authority of Christ is absolute. This reminds me of a story. There was once in the 11th century, there was a, a Danish king. Okay? This Danish king, he always heard from his retainers the idea that, Oh my king, you're so invincible. You are powerful. You're so great. Every day he would hear this word. And then suddenly one day he thought of, really? Is that how you perceive me? Is that how you, you see me and understand me as your king? I am absolute. I am really invincible. And he said, I want to test that. And so he asked his servants, kindly bring my chair at the shore. They brought him down the shore where the water really reaches his chair. He sat on the chair and he started commanding the waves. And he said, waves, stop. Don't reach me. Don't touch me. I am the king. I am invincible. I have the authority. So stop. And he shouted and shouted many times with a voice increasing in its loudness. But what happened? The waves did not listen. And he went back to his palace and historian said, he removed his crown and placed it at the cross of Jesus. And he said, that is the one who has the absolute authority. You call me invincible? I am not. That is the one who is invincible. Only God who has the absolute authority over everything. Only God. So our full allegiance must be to God, our King. While we submit to the authorities that God has set up, our full allegiance must be to the King who created the universe. This answers the question that I have raised earlier. What if the one who is in authority does the evil thing? Are we going to submit to him? The idea of submission isn't blind submission. It is not blind obedience. Because when we consider those frames that I have presented for the sake of God, and then within the idea of doing what is right, and then the idea of those statements that God has mentioned, that Peter has mentioned here in relation to our being a slave of God, all of those things are pointing back to God. So the, the idea of submission with a point of reference as God there above everything. At the end of the day, we submit to God while we are also observing the authorities that he set up. Don't get me wrong. I am not advocating disobedience to authority here. In fact, this is how I would capsulize the message today. If you are a citizen of a kingdom, of the kingdom of God, I'll repeat, if you are the citizen or a citizen of the kingdom of God, you must be a good Filipino citizen. I'll repeat that line. If you are a citizen of the kingdom of God, you must be a good Filipino citizen. Or if you are watching us online and you are in another country and you are not a Filipino, if you are a citizen of God's kingdom, you must be a good citizen of your country. Why? Because the Bible is advocating that. However, 
when a time will come that the authority will directly point you to, the, to a direction that violates what God is telling. Don't do a blind obedience. Go back to your final and absolute authority who is God. Our allegiance should be for Him. I'll give you examples in the Bible. Daniel, along with his friends, after the Babylonian conquered the southern kingdom, they brought Daniel and his friends to Babylon. They were there. He rose to the power. And when you are in an authority, when you are in a great position, you could not avoid having people around you envying what you have. And so there were individuals in the city of Babylon who tried to pull him down and destroy Daniel. One of those things that they saw, they saw about him is that he really had showed his full allegiance to his God. And so these jealous individuals went to the king and told king, the king, Oh king, you are really great. You are powerful. And we would like to suggest to you that you issue an edict. You make it a law that every person, both citizen of Babylon and foreigners who are in Babylon, must bow down to you and worship you. The king liked the idea. So he signed it with his ring, and it became a law in the land of Babylon. When the time comes that they are all required to worship the king, these zealous individuals went to Daniel and observed him. When everyone else was bowing down before the king and worshiping him, Daniel refused because he made the decision to worship God alone. Where is his allegiance? To his God. He submits to authority. He is even willing to take the consequence. What was the consequence? The guards were asked to bring him to the lion's den. Did you see him fight back? No. He just willfully followed them. Okay, you want, me to, bring, you want to bring me to the lion's den? Okay, I'll follow you. They brought him there without any complaint. It's part of the submission to the authority. But did he submit when they asked him to bow down? No. Why? Because his allegiance is to God. When the authority of the land would say something that goes straightly against God, a believer or a follower of Christ must look up to God and say, Lord, I will not submit this time because my allegiance belongs to you. The disciples in the gospel, you know what? They preached about Jesus. The authorities didn't like it, especially the religious authority within Jerusalem. They didn't like it. And you know what they did? They put them in prison. They were behind bars. While they were inside the prison cell, they continued preaching. And so they said, we better bring these people out. When they were out already, they continued preaching. Did they submit to the authority? They tried to. But this time, they were given an order that goes against with the order of God. Why? What did Jesus say? Go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey. So that was the command of the chief of staff of all universe to them. You teach the gospel, you preach about Christ, and the, government, the, the religious authorities in Jerusalem said, no, no, stop that. You know what they said? We rather obey God than man. While the Bible advocates all believers must learn to submit to the authority that God has set up, on that basis, I am saying that if you are a citizen of God's kingdom, you must be a good Filipino citizen. But if that authority over you 
brings you to, the, to a direction that goes opposite with the direction that God has set for you. Give your final allegiance, not to that authority, but to the one who has the absolute authority. My faithfulness belongs to God. My allegiance belongs to God. He is my king who died for me. He is my king who embrace, embraces me in any situation. Thus, he deserves my full allegiance. Give your allegiance to God while you live your life as good citizens of this country. God bless us all in the morning. You just heard the message from Sambuanga City Alliance Evangelical Church. We hope that it will help you in your journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. For more updates, you can follow us on your social media platforms in Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Zikaek Ministries. God bless!